Welcome everyone to the Russell Show. I'm your host Russell Chaudhary. I can't wait to jump into this podcast episode. Episode number 128, we have a special guest, Michaela Hollett. So in this episode, we'll discuss with Michaela the topic of dealing with grief. So don't forget to subscribe, leave a review on our podcast. Let's dive in. Hi, Michaela. Thank you so much for joining me in this podcast episode. Really appreciate it. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? Yeah, doing well and the pleasure is mine. Super excited to have a conversation with you. And I know it's not like an exciting topic, but it's more about emotional topic, but yeah, we're going to try to bring some value for our audience today. And I know like a uh, dealing with a loss and dealing with a grief is not easy things to do. So before we get into like today's topic, I'd love to know more about you, how you end up being a life coach and choosing the coaching business. Yes. Um so I ended up choosing it because I was in life coaching for a while. Mm-hmm. So I was receiving life coaching and it was so drastic yeah. and incredible the results that I experienced. So I used to be very passive. I used to be um, you know, super people pleaser. Those are still my natural go-tos. I just now know that about myself so I can know <laughs> Okay. This is me, you know, wanting to be passive. This is me wanting to people please. I also loved being comfortable. So I would stay Mm. in situations or stay in, um, jobs where it was, you know, not, it was safe. It was safe. It was safe. Not really my passion or my dream or anything like that. And, um, I was coaching for a really long time. And my coach said, you know, I think you're someone that could really impact people, through coaching. And so I took the coaching to start coaching. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been coaching for over five years now and a lot of people, and it's just, it's such an honor to be a part of their journey Yeah, and, uh, just get to be the person, you know, cause a lot of it's really just listening and, um, knowing the right questions to ask who I'm coaching because they're really the ones that know what's best for them or what they want to create. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't know what they want to create, but I can help ask them the questions to discover that and keep them accountable um, and be like, Hey, what are you, what are you going to do this week to make that happen? And then when we talk next, if they say, I didn't do it. All right. Awesome. Let's look why, <laughs> like what, yeah. what stopped you. So, um, so it's just been really awesome getting to partner with people and see them create whatever it is they're out to create. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's been five years, like you've been coaching and, that's a great rewarding uh, job isn't it like uh, you helping someone and seeing like they achieving things getting things done and getting them kind of feedbacks it just excites you and like you make the impact rather than it's like making money for just sake of making money right oh yes and I know uh, one thing that I always like to tell my clients is I'm a coach that's going to be excited no matter what you tell me yeah so not to be alarmed if they're like I discovered that I hate myself I'm like this is so exciting yeah. <laughs> why is that exciting and I'm like well because now we know now we can do something about it it's not hidden from us anymore now we know what that underlying motivator has been what's been talking to you behind all your actions yeah yeah, totally agree with you. So yeah, let's talk about today's topic, which is like dealing with the grief. I know like it's close to your heart and also to me as well. Like you lost your child and your dog as well at the same time. And same with me, like I lost both of my parents when I was 13. So I can totally resonate and relate to that kind of situation, how to deal with your grief. And 
yeah, a lot of people don't know how to grieve properly when they lose their loved ones and everything. So before we tell other people like how they can grieve, like uh, they lose someone in the mm-hmm. close to you or they probably haven't lost someone, they in the future they will because in life no one stays forever then eventually yeah. someone's gonna be lose someone so yeah before we get to that like i know i'd like to know you about your story like how did you end up losing your first child and also like your dog on the same time if you can tell us a little story i know it's a sad and emotional thing for you but it would be great to share with your audience yeah of course and um i never know when i'm gonna cry or not sometimes i cry when i share it sometimes i don't it just really is how i feel yeah. in the moment um but it was around around this time last year i found out that i was pregnant it wasn't that i was trying it wasn't that i wasn't trying um and it was one of those things like all right i guess you know we're having a baby uh yeah. for me and my husband we're like we're having a baby and um and really uh, started planning my life for that, you know, because I'm used to always setting plans. Yeah. <laughs> this is what's next. This is the next plan. And um, and I just remember, you know, going to all the doctor's visits, everything was normal. Everything felt normal. Um, and I would, uh, I would always sing a lullaby like throughout the day, always was talking, you know, to the baby, we were going to wait to find out, you know, the gender till a little bit later and, and all of that. And, um, so we, all that was happening about three and a half months in, I started to feel a lot of pain and to have a lot of bleeding happening. And so I called my doctor and, um, I, I found out through this, I have a high tolerance for pain. So I kept saying it's a 16 out of 10. And they're like, yeah. well, you won't be able to talk to us. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I don't know how I am. It really hurts. And, uh, and so they did tests and they said, no, everything looks fine. You know, pregnancy is, can be weird and all yeah. of that. Um, but it turned out I had actually been in labor for three days. Wow. And so, um, I had remembered a lot of a lot of my friends, because one of the things I did was I would ask my friends who had kids, what's your advice for pregnancy, motherhood, all of that. And they were like, trust your body, listen to your gut, trust your body, listen to your gut. And so the whole time I was experiencing that, I just started, you know, feeling like there were certain stretches I needed to be doing yeah. and, and all of that. Um, cause it was too early for me to even do any, you know, birthing classes mm-hmm. and all of that. And apparently I was doing a lot of the stretches they train you, but I just was doing what I felt I needed to do. And, um, and I went to go to the bathroom and Skylar came out and it, I, I don't, a lot of it's kind of a blur at this point, but, um, I, I just remember being told that I was like screaming, you know, and, um, and Skylar was still alive. And so I, and they were still attached to me. So I gave, like held them in my hand and um, I held them in my hand and just like, did not know where to go from there. Cause they were too young yeah. for the, for anyone to do anything. And honestly, if it wasn't for my life coaching training, I think I probably would have gone insane um, to be honest, because of just how much, like, it was like, I can't save my baby. Like I can't, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. My life is still in danger. Like, you know, all I can do is really hold them while they're, you know, in my hand while they're here on earth. And so the, the EMTs came 
and um and they they took me to like the closest hospital mm-hmm. and um the the only hospital we could get into was all emergency rooms so they didn't even have a birthing center <laughs> so yeah. I was like and I just remember um I remember doing my breathing like I just felt I needed to breathe in for four hold for four then breathe out for four and um I had no idea if I was going to make it or not. They didn't know. So I was choosing to be myself. So I know like the EMTs were like, we hope to see you again under better circumstances. And I said, yeah, hopefully I'll have pants, you know, and they were like, thank you. (laughs) Like, um, and, and when I was in there, um, like they couldn't give me any medicine so I had to go through, so I had to go through the whole birthing process, uh, as a natural birth. And, um, and I kept saying to the doctors, I was like, I, like, I, this does really upset me, but I know I have to not process it right now because I yeah. know I need to stay alive. And they were like, yes, thank you. Cause honestly, like, we're really worried about you. So it's like, yeah. so I, I said, I'm going to need to think about afterwards. Like I can't even deal with it. And, um, you know, and I, I always am open to share more details if anyone wants, but I know it's also gruesome. So I try to not to go too mm. into the, to the details. Um, but I did once it all ended, um, like I had to go immediately home, uh, because they didn't have enough ER beds and right. then I had to go to a doctor's to get checked, to make sure every, you know, I'm healthy, all of that. Yeah. Um, so it was just super traumatic and ever like not only did i lose my baby but just what the best that they could do for me was very like i couldn't stay resting i had to be moving i was still dealing with a lot of health issues and um yeah so it was just really really painful and i i shared my story uh like exactly what happened i gave you know trigger warnings and and all of that and um i've had a lot of people reach out to me that had very similar things happen saying yeah. or even happen like a, i had it happen a week later to a family friend who was 5 months pregnant and she said wow. you know if she hadn't read my post she wouldn't have had the strength to get through so that's why i'm so vocal about it because you never know who might not feel comfortable being vocal yeah. about it but it just oh my gosh so for me nothing made sense I like the world didn't make sense. Nothing made, I just was like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to be anywhere. I don't want to talk to anyone. Like I couldn't save my baby, like so much guilt, so much blame, all of that. Um, being like, what did I do? What if I did this? Like, was it this, you know, like this and uh, all the tests came back that, you know, I was healthy and the baby was healthy. And sometimes that happens. And, Mm. um, so it was real, you know, but, uh, and I'll go more into it when we talk more, but I did a lot of grief work, yeah. uh, because I knew if I didn't, like, I had no idea where my mental state would be. And I'm someone that tends to dissociate a lot. So I knew I needed to not mm. dissociate or it would be really dangerous. Um, because then I would not deal with what's happening and it would hit me sometime later. So it was a dark few months and um and the month that I was supposed to give birth so the month came that I you know I knew yeah. going to be a tough month for me my dog who you know she's 9 years old 
got really sick and I always consider myself a dog mom. Um, so I'm like, these are my baby, you know, and she was my yeah. first dog and all this stuff. And she was my shadow. She followed me everywhere I went and she just got really, really, really sick. And we went to all these different doctors or well, vets, but yeah. you know, um, cause I'm a dog mom. I'm like, we're going to the doctor. Um, so we went to all these vets and, uh, basically we kept getting the same thing that she had brain cancer. Wow. And, um, it just got so bad, so bad. And I had never had to deal with the loss of a pet that also feels like my child. And so handle Callie passing and, um, cause I'm one of the people that I believe it has to be for a reason. And I know not everyone is like that in their grief. Cause that can actually make, I've learned that can, some people don't want it to be for a reason yeah. for me. That is it, like, if it doesn't have a reason, it then it's worse. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so Callie passed away the month that I was going to give birth. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, imagine if like I was dealing with all of this while mm. nine months pregnant, like, so it was just a lot of loss this year. Um, and, uh, it all happened this year or like last year. Yeah, it was last, it was October, 2021 and April, 2022 that this all yeah. happened. So very, still not even a year. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's all been this past year. And it's, uh, I feel like I'm the healthiest I've ever been in my life. Mm of how much I work I had to do yeah. to not just like stop existing I guess really um because yeah. I'm painful but that's that's pretty much the the story there's a lot of what I did and healing and all, all of that but, but it that was like man it it was I'm and still there's moments where I cry and I miss them and I talk to them and uh, I have a little journal. Yeah, of course. And these things like never go away, right? Like uh, when I lost both of my parents, like age 13, my dad, we knew like he's not going to make it because he had a stage four cancer, like when I was uh, 11. So it's a matter of time, like how long he can live with it. And then by the time I turned 13, like one day just gone. Then my mom couldn't take it, like she on proper depression. And yeah. from that, like she had a heart attack within like three months time. Like then my world shattered. Like I was like, I wasn't expecting that. And all of a sudden that thing is happened. So it was like, it took a really long term, like before I go, going through like a grief and everything. And yeah. then last year I thought like everything was going fine. I was expecting our first child. And she wasn't like a premature like my baby wasn't premature or anything like that uh, like uh, actually my wife was overdue like a 41 weeks and mm -hmm. then the day came like uh, uh, we've been told like uh, they're gonna induce her to for like uh, the baby to come out and just like a few days away and one day like my baby wasn't moving at all like I'm working all day my wife like he didn't move at all but normally he wakes up like when I finish my work like five six o'clock then I start talking to him then he kicks her and that yeah. time we had tried that like he's not moving at anything waited like a couple of hours then by the time it was like a 10 p.m and like let's give a call the uh, doctors like this is what this is it goes like a calm down emergency then get the check and everything that's like the baby's not responding or something then they have to do emergency c-section and once the baby was coma like it was happened so fast i couldn't realize it. and like 
uh, he couldn't breathe because like he swallowed some kind of poo on the liquid and that mm-hmm. went to his lungs and so he couldn't breathe so his brain got damaged at that time and then they transfer over next morning to a different children hospital like a one hour away from us and yeah. as soon as we went to see him like they've been told us nothing is responding for him like no medication working or anything like that so he probably have 24 hours or less uh, to make it through if nothing is working in 24 hours he's not gonna make it so and that was initially next day was like my birthday i was just turning 26 that time and yeah. And I was like, uh, I don't want to lose someone like again on my birthday because I lost my mom a day before my birthday. So I was just I turning 14 and then I lost my uh, mom. So I was like a turning 26 or 27, I guess. Yeah, I was turning 27 and I, I don't want to lose my child on that yeah. time. But eventually I kept the faith and we like once a day at a time and keep moving forward, just making prayers and everything, asking for prayer. There's all the thing we could do. And eventually yeah. he made it through, like he was an IC for two months, but it was a hell of a journey. And I can totally uh, understand like how you're going through because when the doctor told that, like there is no hope for him to be survived because we can see it, like nothing is working actually. He got two uh, big ventilator on oxygen, hydrogen, they're both going through to him. Like he just, like is zero years old, you know, like a, only a yeah. few days old child. So many infusion going through his veins and everything. So it's a tough time so this kind of tough moments is all over the place and like next to his bed one of the child died like uh, he was like a proper mature and everything and the doctor goes like if you want to hug him or everything he's not going to make it there is nothing you can survive it. and we've seen that child to die as well in the same same room like where we was in icu so I can totally get that, like that kind of feeling as a parent, like it's especially it catches you, like you don't expect it. If you lose your parents, then obviously, you know, like they're older than you, they're going to have to die either like some is 60 years old, some 80 years old or someone 50 years old. But when you lose your child and that's like unacceptable on that time moment. So how did you grieve? Um, what was like your process like after you losing? I know like the first two, three months would be like a devastating, like you can't really think straight. But eventually, like, what do you actually do in terms of like for yourself keep moving forward? Yeah, it was really, um, it was really tough. And I need, and, and I was still like, I went through labor. So yeah. I had to heal, you know, like I had to rest the way that mm. everyone else does during labor. And it was like, and I kept feeling like I needed to take care of a baby because that's just natural, you know, because my body knew it gave birth. So it's, so I kept feeling like I needed to take care of a baby and it was just really weird. And it was one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I get to go through all the joys, you know, but there's no reward. Like, like, it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going through all the things that all these amazing, powerful women. And I know everyone that's gone through childbirth knows like, really it's, it is, you know, a a big deal what you go through. And, and for me, that was, I think the hardest part was um, there's not a lot, like not everyone, but there are a lot of people that don't understand because they're like, Oh, well, you were only pregnant three and a half months. And oh, you know, miscarriage. And I'm like, I gave birth, like my, you know, my baby passed away in my hands, um, which is, uh, which is a little bit different than just, you know, a typical, typical, and not that miscarriage is any 
less because it's still just as painful. Like I, I think that bond when some people try to say, well, it's just this or just that. And it's like, no, no matter where someone mm. is lose their child, it, it, their child. Um, and it's, and it's really painful. And um, so I think that was, that was really difficult for me too, is that not everyone in my life understood why I was so sad. Right. Uh, but I really had a ton of support that did get it. And yeah. that was huge. Like I cannot, I cannot think enough the people that really were like got it, or even if they didn't understand it, they were there for me. Um, I know I had tons of people texting and uh, commenting and, and, you know, calling and reaching out the first few months. And I just was not in a space to respond to everyone. And, um, and no one was up, upset or expecting that, which really was so freeing for me. And, and I still, every message I got was felt like a hug. Yeah. So it was like every single person that I heard from was like, yeah, that made a difference. Even if I didn't respond for three months, that message still meant the world to me. So I always, you know, whenever people ask me like, how do I help my friend that's grieving? Like, please like reaching out, even if they don't respond and not making them feel like they have to respond, that yeah. made all the difference for me. And I had family and friends fly out to take care of me. Um, like I still was dealing with health issues afterwards and my best friend, Felicia, she came to take care of me and like, she had nightmares about the stuff that she saw that we were dealing with for me. And so that made me feel a little better that I was <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yay, I'm not, you know, this is actually traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and she's like, you're giving me nightmares. Like just all the stuff that we're dealing with. Um, but she's, she's amazing. She's a life coach as well. But so having, having people there, having people I could share authentically with, yeah. so just telling people I, you know, like life doesn't make sense to me anymore. I like, I'm so depressed. Like it mm -hmm. just was like, I really was. And like, really, and I, I would have moments where, and I still do where I feel like I'm giving birth, you know? So it's yeah. like, I just, I just go back into that. I don't know when that will go away. You know, um, not only did I work with a coach, but I got into therapy. Like that was something I did. So that way I really had someone to talk to. And then, yeah. uh, cause therapy is different than life coaching. So they, they are different. And then I went into, um, I got like a grief mentor as well. Some when that had gone through a similar situation to talk to her and get her support. And uh, she was incredible. And I went into a bunch of support groups and I read um, a bunch of grief books. Like I just, I put myself out there to really understand grief um, yeah. because I'm someone that will be very hard on myself. And I knew I needed to heal and I knew I needed to give myself time to, to really recover. And um, like, uh, I remember, um, what was I going to say? Um, oh yeah. I remember like the first week or so, all I could stomach was Nutella, like uh, Nutella yeah. or celery. Like those were the only two things. And it felt really weird. And one of the support classes that I was in started talking about how after grief, it can be hard to eat. Yeah. And if you're eating anything, hooray. <laughs> so yeah. for me, I was like, okay, <laughs> if I'm living off of Nutella and 
some, you know, and, um, and then they said, you know, if it persists after a month or so, that's when you should really, you know, but grief can be, you can, it can be weird. You cannot want to eat. I could not eat anything with sauce. Yeah. I had everything so plain for whatever reason, like I, I could not stomach it. It was like, I don't know. That's just how it was for me. It had to be very, very plain. Um, and I had to make myself get out in nature as much as possible. Cause, uh, I had to force myself to see that there was beauty in the world. Yeah. Cause if I didn't do that, I just, I would have really spiraled into very, very, very deep darkness. And sometimes I liked, you know, exploring in the rain because that uh, part of me was like, this feels right. Cause everything is just, it's still beautiful, but it's covered and wet and and mud and you know so it was all and um and then I just kept trying different activities to see what helped because there were times where I didn't want to nap but I didn't want to be awake but I didn't want to watch anything and then I didn't want to read or talk to anyone or go anywhere so I kept trying different things and I found out I could paint so that was I didn't I've never knew I could paint, but I actually can paint. Like people are wanting to buy stuff from me now. <laughs> um, but I'm like, uh, I just gift it to people actually, cause it's more therapy. Yeah. So I have all these paintings and then I just see who wants them because the painting helps me, but I can't keep all these paintings. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was, that was really surprising to me. Um, and then I, I found, different things, you know, people will do. And one of the things I did is I had a memorial mm -hmm. for Skylar and, um, we had, you know, family come and friends and, um, people could say things and people, you know, music was prepared. And, and so, um, so that was really good. And I, I wanted to do it one to just honor Skylar. Um, and I know I wasn't the only person grieving them, uh, you know, that's my, my sister took it really hard too. Uh, so she, that was really helpful for her, um, you know, to, cause she was like, again, doesn't know if it would be her niece or, or nephew. So that's why I always call Skylar they, yeah. and, um, and so she was like, I don't, you know, I, I'm their aunt and I, I miss them. And, um, and so, and her kids said stuff too, cause it's their cousin and, um, and that, th that just really helped me a lot, get myself closure, but people in my life get closure. And then, cause there were people saying stuff to me, even people that love me, like, you know, you'll get over it, or you won't even remember this. And we, it hurts us to see you so sad. And I know people are trying, yeah. but they don't know how to be <laughs> there. So I wanted to have it too, to show people this, this is my child. And I take this very seriously and you can judge or not, but now you know how, how serious this is for me. And, um, and yeah, I, I always, uh, I, and then the other big thing is just, I let myself feel it. Yeah. So when I have moments of sadness, cause they, they come like the other day I was, um, I was watching a dolphin show at the aquarium mm -hmm. and I'm like, going to get emotional even right now. And it was like, I got to see this little boy got brought up to play with the dolphins. And it was one of those things where it's like, oh, like I would love for that for Skylar. 
and then also it's like wow like look how beautiful the world can be like this little child is getting to play with a dolphin and so it's like it's one of those things where you wish for that but then you're also like you know that's okay because this is the beauty in the world and so like I'm doing right now I just let myself feel it so everyone else is watching being like so cute and I'm just sobbing (laughs) in the audience but I'm like I'm gonna let myself feel it and not bottle it up um because it's just for me that has me not get stuck or stopped and I I find that it really honors Skylar and and my dog Callie too and um so yeah I have those moments where I just feel it and um and I just look for ways to keep supporting other people and and sharing my story too so thank you for this opportunity because this is a way to really get to impact other people and I find that Skylar has caused so much healing and so much um, for so many people. And I like to say that they were so powerful. They lived their whole purpose in three and a half months. And like any mom's dream to have such a powerful kid. Yeah, I really (laughs) like you sharing this journey. Like it's going to help a lot of people like who's going through them kind of difficulties. They... It's, it's so much like it make easier for those people like hearing the kind of story like they're not alone like everyone go through it yeah and yeah like our story like impacting so many people mm-hmm. life because so many people had like their child brain damage and they feel like they are victim but it's not it's like a kind of blessing as well in the same time like in a way you have to be open to like what's going on even though for your child He's in the best place if you believe in a heaven they're in a heaven like this is what yeah. i believe in so yeah they're in the best place like even though your dog so there is no like being upset for, uh, about them uh, i know but it's gonna be there because as a parent uh, yeah. you, you're going to be but they have like a for good cause isn't it so michaela we're coming to yeah. the end of this podcast really appreciate you sharing your story yeah. i'm so sorry made you cry as well but <laughs> no emotional episode isn't it oh, it's beautiful it's like yeah I, I I appreciate it 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 tells me I'm still feeling you know yeah uh, you know yeah thank you for that so yeah those who's listening if anyone wants to reach out to you learn more about you or want to like get some advice or consultation like probably they're going through any kind of grief and they love to share like what's the best place to find you Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, the best place to find me. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, so the best place to find me and connect with me is on Instagram. Um, my username is at Michaela underscore D. So it's spelled M-I-C-A-E-L-A then underscore D-E-E. So that's the best way to get in touch with me. I have a public account so people can private message. I check, um, you know, message requests and all of that. Cause I, I do end up having a lot of people reaching out to me that I've been shared with or um, want coaching. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for those. And Michaela, I wish you best of luck with your life, your career as well. And hope you inspire a lot more people. And yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day ahead. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day as well. And thank you for creating this podcast. So really so many people can get 
whatever it is that they need in life. And um, that's a really, really huge inspiration and gift that you have. So thank you for having me on. You're most welcome. The pleasure was mine. Really appreciate it. So that's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Those who like to know more about Michaela, go visit her uh, Instagram profile as well and uh, send her a DM. So if you have any questions or if you need any help, reach out to her. So until then, I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you, everyone. Take care.